Good morning and welcome to the Rabin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Rabin, so get ready to get triggered. Hello and welcome to The Rabin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Rabin, and with me is my expert panel, as always, Amara, Samuel, and Jordan. How are you guys? Good. Excellent. Great. Great. Awesome. Great to hear. Uh, So, to begin, all opinions expressed are not those of Ryerson or Ryerson faculty and are only those of the individual commentators. Viewer discretion is advised. Before we get into the news, we'd just like to remind our viewers that we are now available everywhere. Did you miss the Rabin Report's live show? No problem. Now you can catch up on all past episodes on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Of course, you'll only be able to see our crazy reactions right here on Facebook and the clips on Instagram. But if you're driving to school, doing some homework, now you can listen to us anywhere. Coming up a little later in the show, we'll be talking about our main topic, social media. But first, let's take a look at our top stories in our weekly update. Beginning with the continuation of the Ryerson and RSU saga. Uh, The RSU had their semi-annual general meeting where they were supposed to reveal their audit, which they didn't. And in effect, what we got instead was a three-day strike and a couple other measures. Amara, what's your take? Um, the RSU sucks. And I'm tired of them using our money for dumb things. <laughs> and I think we really do need to like gut the whole thing and uh, you know, start again because they're corrupt and I'm just tired of it. I mean, yeah, there wasn't an actual audit, right? There was like a forensic audit their, of the finances. Their explanation was they, they didn't, didn't have, have enough money, right? To investigate how much money was they didn't have enough of our money to investigate yeah. how much of our money was spent inappropriately. That's wonder what happened to that rich. money. Wonder, wonder where it could have been. <laughs> yeah, maybe Ubers, you know. Rec room. LCBO. Ram Ganesh's pocket. What? Uh, debt consolidation. <laughs> <laughs> maybe well, it's apparently, um, they. I think it was the the Rhino Party or the Eye Opener. I'm not sure, but they posted uh, like pictures of the actual. Um, audit and the the credit card statements, and then I went to look at it, and all of a sudden it disappeared. I don't know if it's still there, but all of a sudden it disappeared. But it did show LCBO, Rec Room, Shisha Bars, all that <laughs> stuff. I, it, it's just unfathomable to me. Um, a lot. So this three-day strike, the strike is uh, to fight for free education. And uh, what was it? Are you? Is this the one they're coordinating with Fight Back in March? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But didn't what they it, do something where they like didn't have any services to show a, what would happen. Is nope. that not what we're talking about? No, no, no. no that was a, that was a oh. two hour thing they did. Oh, a two, two hour? Yeah. It was like, it said 12 to two blackout. This what? is what happens what? when the RSU gone. So like, what? I didn't, I didn't notice. So the RSU I, don't <laughs> I don't think there were any necessary changes that happened during those two hours. No, it doesn't seem like Self-important it. boobs. I think that student government is important, but it's obvious that there needs to be a lot more like adult supervision. <laughs> they're supposed to be adults. Like, I you, know, you but they're, they're university non-student students. They're not supervision. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, there needs to be oversight. People obviously. that don't have a direct interest in benefiting from the rules being broken. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just 
Gross. Like I said it last week. Like, yes, yes, you do mention they're adults, but they're still university students. None of them have, at least for as far, far as I know, none of them have experience handling this much money. Like, it there's no mean oversight. You have to steal it. I just think exactly. Like, uh, with that much money, it, you definitely need some sort of oversight. It's it's clear mm-hmm. that we can't trust students. And considering how like low the turnout is, even just for votes and and running for spots too, it's like. I feel like students don't really know how much money is at stake and what's being done. In all seriousness, I don't even know if I've ever voted in the RSU elections, to be completely honest. Like, I have. I, I voted for a guy I knew for like a senator, but RSU. I don't vote for, I vote, yeah, I don't, I voted for like the slates, but I haven't voted for like other things. I think, I think it's also that a lot of students on campus just like don't feel that the RSU, maybe not necessarily necessary, but doesn't affect them in campus. So they don't necessarily care. Yeah. How the results turn I mean, out. The blackout, until there's a, exactly until there's a huge scandal like this, then suddenly everyone's talking about the RSU. Before all this stuff with Ram Ganesh happened, I have never heard any student talk about the RSU. Oh, even before what? that it was a no. problem. When they yes. when they Success. denounced Canada Day, six Success was a huge thing. Saying. I don't think so. I didn't hear anything about this. The Ram Ganesh stuff was the first it. thing that I ever it heard. It took a long time RSU. for people to get refunds and then there was issues with like money being transferred to personal bank accounts. I, I heard a the lot of The denouncement of Canada Day and the whole mm-hmm. debacle was in national news. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Yeah. Well, then maybe I'm just not in the right circles with this. <laughs> and I think, like, they're supposed to represent us. I don't know who voted that can Like, Ryerson students don't care about execs. Canada 150. It was, yeah. like, two execs that, that signed the, the whole, that said everybody yeah. approves like, it. I think if they polled students and we agreed to that, like, the majority, then fine. But they just kind of, like, decided that Canada 150 yeah. isn't the, something Ryerson likes. The whole, the whole problem was that they didn't even reach a consensus with the executives. There was, like, two rogue <laughs> or maybe even one rogue executive that just approved that. And then even the other ones were like, mm. yeah, there needs to be oversight. Obviously, yeah, there's too yeah. much power and money with two. I guess people who are too inexperienced and immature. And I have to say, uh, I'm pretty proud of myself for one thing because when they posted that Canada Day thing, I commented on the post and I got like 700 likes for telling the RSU to shut up. So I remember, uh, you remember yeah. that? No, I remember commenting things like that, and you know, people, I'm, I'm, people everyone yeah. was mad. Probably one of my one of my, one of my yeah, I prouder think moments. Hating the RSU is one thing that can like unite Ryerson students across <laughs> political spectrums and ages and races and all of that stuff. Like everyone hates the RSU, no unless what, you work yeah. for them. As no evidenced you by the show. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> I can't imagine like going to bat for the RSU. No matter yeah, what you believe, we believe you hate the RSU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a great way to to bring us all together. To bond. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about bringing people or dividing people. Trump's State of the Union and the impeachment. Um, so he had his State of the Union on uh, Tuesday night. I yes, Tuesday night, and there were a lot of lot of things to take away from that. Um, what's your take? Um, I think uh, Mitt Romney was surprising. He voted to impeach Trump, so that was cool. Um, I don't think anyone was surprised by the impeachment vote. It went kind of along party lines, which is what we expected. As far as the State of the Union, like I said before we started filming, I think it's pretty disgusting that Rush Limbaugh is on the same list as Rosa Parks. Like, the Presidential Medal of Freedom is the highest honor a civilian can get, and he hasn't done anything to deserve it. So I think that's pretty disgusting. Sam? Uh, I would give his State of the Union a B in that he touched on some important uh, points, um, but I didn't really feel like he talked about immigration or national identity enough. He uh, mentioned immigration for, I think, uh, it was like a little short diatribe for about a minute and a half, but I don't think it was adequate enough. And um, he didn't talk about the new trade deal all too much uh, or relations with China. I, I would have, it was, it just seems like George Bush could have done that speech, you know, Ignoring a couple of little points they made. 
I think um, two key moments to take away from that were the fact that uh, Trump refused to shake Nancy Pelosi's hand and then Nancy Pelosi ripped up his speech, which is uh, both really unprecedented in a State of the Union. And um, there was uh, there was an actor, I forget who, but he said that the U.S., after that State of the Union, with everything that happened, the U.S. has lost credibility a lot of in in, sorry. in the world. A lot of politicians didn't go. Like I know AOC didn't go, and I don't think she was the only Congress person to not go. Um, I think politics in the states, especially, is super divided, and we can see that just from those sorts of things. Like it does, it just seems like they're completely not on the same team at all, and they should be because you know they're supposed to be trying to do the best for the American people. Yeah, but. it's all it's all really just political theater. Like none of it, no one actually cares. It's all it doesn't matter. Like. The two political parties, you either identify as one or the other, and people are competing for the, what, couple of percentage points in the middle. Like, whenever you hear on the news, um, Fox, CNN, doesn't matter. It's like, well, I think the results of so-and-so will really show the American people, blah, blah, blah. Like, people don't give a shit. What, they're going to see a, a new speech by a political person or a senator, governor, whatever, congressman, congresswoman, be like, well, well, yeah, that's really interesting. I guess I'll just change my completely, you know... Uh, my political views on a dime. No, I think there's a giant bifurcation between the two political parties, and it, they're ir- irreconcilable. Reconcilable. And I agree, and I think Nancy Pelosi, like she's doing all this stuff, but she hasn't really, you know, done the best for the Democratic Party in terms of even just impeachment and stuff. I don't think she's handled it um, that well. So I agree, it's political theater. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. I think well, I'm just I'm just tired with it all. To be completely honest, like yeah. I keep seeing things on like Twitter and stuff like that, being like, "Watch Nancy Pelosi like own Donald Trump by not using that specific term how you refer to the President of the Union," or Donald Trump Republicans like Donald Trump owns the uh, yeah. Democrats. So it's like Destroys. none of this is actually making any impact on american politics whatsoever and i'm just so tired that these like people are considering these little victories when we're just seeing the same stuff over and over and i'm not surprised no one's surprised by the impeachment vote i'm tired of talking about the impeachment exactly. vote. it's exhausting we kind of we have people have been talking about the results was going to be since the moment it started we go through the whole dog and pony show of getting here and it ends exactly as we expected with maybe Mitt Romney being <laughs> the surprise of the century. I don't know. I'm just I'm just exhausted with it to be completely honest. I think we we predicted it exactly how it would go on the show even. Yeah, I think, I think we I, talked yeah, about yeah, the yeah, other, I mean, special, did, yeah, yeah. Not even and most he, and, of us are Americans. And even thinking about what we're going to talk about this week, I think we all agreed we don't want to do an entire episode on the state of the union no. or I, I I'm so tired you know, of saying the word Trump like I, I we're also yeah. Canadian so mm-hmm. even I mean, more so like I don't care. Yeah. Well, granted like uh you know the shows that we did on on the whole situation in the states, you know, people enjoyed but everybody's exhausted you know, at this I point. don't think it's like I understand that especially America's a superpower their politics affect the entire world we're also like very close to them so it makes sense that people in Canada care a lot but um yeah I think we shouldn't pay too much attention to it even the titles you guys were just saying like they sound like SJW cringe compilations on YouTube <laughs> it's and awful it's like, these are federal politics in the United States of America like that's so just ridiculous these are the people we elect to make serious change well, we don't we, we don't wouldn't have done these that. are the people that are elected to make serious change Traitor. in a country and this is the best we can get right now is just these subtle owns. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. Want to talk point. about the incompetencies of uh, American politicians? We should talk about the incompetencies of Canadian politicians, and specifically the leaders running in the Canadian uh, conservative. conservative federal yeah. leadership. That's oh my a whole god! Show. So <laughs> we're going to talk about that Please. another time. So because bland. we're going to move on to our next uh, item in our weekly update, which is hopefully going to bring people together: the Super Bowl. 
Yes. J-Lo um, and Shakira. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Well, that's where we were going. Um, I mean, who here watches football? You, I watch football. Sam, you do? Yeah. Okay. Well, like, so, yeah. Sam, you want to uh, capitally punish the sports fans, as mentioned Absolutely, in previous... without any irony or hint yeah. Um, Jordan, you uh, you don't like sports at all. The I don't even know show. who was playing in the Super Bowl, to be yeah. completely honest. Uh, I don't really care for football or know anything about it, but I think we can all agree Shakira and <laughs> J-Lo had a great performance, yeah. right? I think the online commenter said otherwise in a ridiculous show of racism, to be completely no, honest. No, I don't know. No, I racism, mean, a mix of racist sexism. Uh, Basically, because J-Lo and Shakira had provocative outfits on stage, people are slut-shaming so, them online. I heard that, but I don't know if that's racist. I think that's a little... I think that would people, be white women dress like that a lot yeah. and don't get called people out for People are saying it. that it's a Latino or Latina thing, but I think that... Um, I think it's also sexism to be more so. Than I think that maybe, I like, I think if you were watching um, the halftime show, if you're planning to watch the halftime show, and you heard... Like with your kids, because that's what people were complaining about. Mm -hmm. And you heard that J-Lo and Shakira were going to do the halftime show. I'm not sure what you expected. If you've ever seen one of their music videos or a con, like anything, like that's what we would expect from them. Also, Adam Levine was like shirtless and on the ground for a lot of last year's halftime show. But I think, uh, yeah. uh, yeah. And I I don't know how many, like how many people are actually mad about it. I haven't really met anyone in real life that's upset about it. I think it's mostly just like eggs on Twitter. So Mm -hmm. the other controversy that took place was a lot of people on the right um, were very angry with Beyonce and Jay-Z for not standing during the national anthem. And everybody took that as a sign of protest. But Jay-Z actually clarified that. And he said there was absolutely nothing political. We just literally were taking in Demi Lovato's performance. We didn't even realize that we didn't stand. And we wouldn't do that with Ivy there, um, Mm. you know, to put her in the middle of all this. So I think that's a very classy response. Yeah, I don't really want to rehash the whole like Colin Kaepernick kneeling argument. Yeah. <laughs> so I also feel like if it was a political protest, they're celebrities. They would have milked that. They would have. Yeah. They would have made a huge statement online about why they didn't stand. It's Jay Z. He's. I mean Beyonce, Beyonce. Maybe no, but Beyonce we love. Jay Z's not the brightest bulb in the bunch. Uh, he he could have just forgotten is what I'm saying. It's it's not yeah. that unreasonable to assume he may have just literally was so captivated by Demi Lovato's national anthem well, that bo- he forgot to stand. Like and they she, were both talking about her together. Like it's it wasn't just like Jay Z. They were they admiring. She it together. did do the halftime show Beyonce a couple years ago, and um, it was very political. Her halftime show. She yeah. made a lot of political statements. Mm-hmm. So like again, like Jay Z and Beyonce are like billionaires. Like, yeah. They're not afraid of political statements. So I would believe them because yeah. it's not like they haven't made them in the past. They weren't going to do this and then be like, oh, no, no, not political if it was political. Yeah. And I think them saying they wouldn't do that with their kid there is, you know, I think kids are used politically too much. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Well, now it's time for our main subject, social media. The ability to share photos opinions and events in real time has transformed the way we live. Social media is how we stay connected in the 21st century. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Vine, LinkedIn, TikTok, Pinterest, MySpace, I could go on. Forget about your carbon footprint today, we're talking about your cyber footprint. Our team takes a look at the impact social media has had on our society, whether good or bad, and later in the show we discuss the infamous chair girl and coronavirus prankster. As a reminder, we are live on Facebook, so make sure to comment on our feed to have your thoughts read live on air. So let's begin. Is social media good or bad for society? I think it depends on how you use it. I feel like that's asking if, like, I don't know alcohol is good or bad or coffee is good or bad like there are a lot of things that you can use inappropriately and then they're bad for you and there's a lot of things that people can use in moderation and decide for themselves and how they like use them well so i think it depends i don't think it's either or 
Uh, I agree. Just to further go off of that, I think uh, it's more so not. I think it's easy to blame the platform and not the user, which I think is a big thing. I think the pros of social media outweigh the cons of social media, at least from my experience. Okay, and Sam, um, I would say generally bad, but I can understand the benefits people would have from it, and I have experienced myself. So let's talk about that. Why do you see it's bad, and why do you guys, uh, or Jordan, you more so see it as positive? So why? Uh, why do you guys feel that way? Uh, do you want me to start or do you want to start? Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'll start. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, I think that, yes, there's an argument used that social media divides us further than ever. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I think the fact that how global our society has become, people have family and friends now all over the world, that it's a way that you can connect yourself to these people that you wouldn't necessarily have been able to connect to as easily in the past. And yes, a message or something like that is not the same as a face-to-face conversation. But I think the guise of social media is not to replace human interaction, but rather to enhance it in a way that... If you have a friend that you don't see in a while and you start messaging them a lot on social media, I think you're actually more likely to now want to reconnect with that person, want to go out and see them, as opposed to if you only ever saw them like once in a while at a quick event or something when it was time to. I think my last point that I'm going to make with this is that I believe that a lot of people have very niche interests that sometimes they wouldn't necessarily go other way to talk about in every group that they're in. And I think social media is a way that when you put like what you like on display like that, if you have a friend who has an interest similar to you that may never have come up in conversation, that's a new way to bond each other something. You have a TV show you like, you have a book you both read that you've interested. That's conversation that starts. That's more likely to lead to more face-to-face interaction, in my opinion. And Sam? Uh, I can, I can understand all those points, but um, I don't think they would those things would disappear if social media disappeared i i think that they they existed in the past and i'm, I'm not going to deny that i'm not going to ever say that i believe that it could just disappear people could you know on mass detach or unplug from all these different uh sources of media but i think that there existed ways that those things that jordan mentioned um were done in the past could be accomplished in uh, you know non technological ways uh, I, I'm just thinking to myself, I don't think, maybe you've had a different experience. Uh, I've reconnected more with people that I haven't in the past just because of social media. I think if I really wanted to, I could just contact them on the phone or any other, you know, um, method of communication, but maybe it's different for you. I, yeah, I think that's more of an individual case that, like you said, I think because you already don't necessarily like social media that much, you yourself are more likely to do that compared to other people who I think would have more enjoyment with social media. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that, um, like, the world is a lot smaller with social media. And I don't, like, you can have friends all over the world now. And, I mean, you could have pen pals before the internet and before social media. But I think it's a lot easier nowadays. So I think social media does a lot of good. And I would agree with Jordan that the good outweighs the bad. Well, in terms of good outweighing the bad, we actually asked our audience the same question. Uh, similarly, we, we uh, Sam, what was the question we asked our viewers? Sure. The question we asked was... Uh, is there is the rise in reliance on social media good or bad for our society? And how many people voted? So we had 54 votes. 41% said it is good for society and 59% said bad. Interesting. And in terms of how many people said each? Sure. Uh, we had 22 said it was good for society and 32 said it was bad. Very interesting. And then we asked the same question on our uh, Instagram poll. And according to those results... We had 19 votes, 10 of which said, uh, sorry, nine of which said it was good and 
10 of which said it was bad. So um, it's pretty interesting to see the to see the divide. Um, what do you guys think? I think it's really uh, funny that people used social media to vote that social media was bad. I just think that's like <laughs> pretty interesting. Like if you're on Instagram voting, you're on Instagram, you know, scrolling through stories most likely. It's pretty interesting. I haven't even thought about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that it's kind of, you know, just an, an extra, like it's, you can't separate it from society nowadays. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, like I said, it's interesting that like young people on social media voted against social media. Now, I actually had uh, somebody message us uh, on Instagram and, and they felt that the question was a little biased. What did you guys think? Because the word reliance, uh, they said, has a negative connotation. Uh, it definitely does. You well, think so? Because I didn't, yeah. when I thought of, when I thought of the question, I didn't think of yeah. n- uh, reliance as negative because you could rely on things like your car, your car, insulin, like they're good, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? I don't think relying on insulin. It was like demonizing diabetics. I've seen the point he's making. Yeah, it's one of those things I didn't necessarily consider until it was brought up. And now that it's mentioned, I understand where they're coming from. For example, I feel like if the question was more worded, do you enjoy social media, wouldn't there be a more positive connotation? It might have changed the result necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think, especially with the question related to social media, one of the things social media is known for is how intricate the wording can sometimes make a message come across. So I think it's actually very interesting Yeah, that the wording of our message changed the way the results may have come across. You know how we can do that? We can solve that. We can entrust the federal government to give out licenses appropriately for media companies. I'm pretty sure like they Facebook. walked that back. They did, almost immediately. I think that the word reliant, like, of course, like, the definition of reliant just means, like, to rely on something. But people usually use reliant in a negative way. Like, you, people usually say you're reliant on, like, your phone or alcohol or something like that. So I think you can be reliant on things that are good, like your family or insulin, if you need that to not die. But um, I don't think people usually like you would never like tell a diabetic that they were reliant <laughs> on insulin, you know, like I feel like you use that word negatively. So I understand what they're saying. I think it does have yeah. a negative connotation. But you also understand like where the other side comes from, like why it didn't. Yeah, I don't think you yeah. meant to like yeah. bias the results mm-hmm. against um, social media, but I could see how that happened. Do you know the uh, you ever watch Mr. Bean? You know, the three wheeled car in Mr. Bean? I think so. I do. I'm so confused where you're going with this. It's called the Robin Reliant. So just repeating that over and over, you know, take that little neuron in the back of my head. A bit of nostalgia there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mr. Bean. That's that's a good character. I never watched Mr. Bean. He's good. It's one of those things. It's always playing like the dentist office. You know what I mean? (laughs) Really like a little TV in the corner with no sound. He'd be running around. That might be just an individual experience (laughs) I had. Maybe that's just your dentist. Clearly no one else is being like, ah, yes, of course, the Mr. Bean dentist. Like, (laughs) That might have been an individual experience. Well, yeah, clearly, because I've never had that. I, I was just processing that. I've never had that situation with a dentist. They just have the Stingray like, channel playing on with like, the music. The Stingray channel? Like with, it's the Stingray. They have different just music playing, like old-timey. Old I think all dentist's all... office are very, offices are very different, <laughs> obviously. Um, maybe Jordan and I are just anomalies. We have some great dentists. Um, I enjoy my Mr. Bean dentist experience. <laughs> I, too, enjoy my dentist's experience. Um they fixed a toothache, so that was good. Uh, but, you know, in terms of the enjoyment of social media, you mentioned, uh, or sorry, you mentioned that being a question. Sam, you don't necessarily enjoy social media. Uh, do you, Jordan and Amara, enjoy social media? I think yes. it, uh, you can, sorry. Do no, you, you go. go. You, my answer was yes. You clearly <laughs> had a more thought out point to go. <laughs> so I think you can, you curate what you see on social media. You decide what you, you know, who you follow and what their posts are and what you see. So I think if you're not enjoying social media, like you don't have to use Instagram, especially and stuff like that. So you can just not, but also like maybe follow people that you like 
the content that they post. Like, don't follow people that piss you off. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think things like Twitter, I've heard people talk about making sure to follow, like, um, if you're politically inclined, people who you know don't believe the same things that you do but like if you're like having anxiety and stress from like seeing like i don't know like ben shapiro tweets on your timeline unfollow him you know like you it's completely up to you what your social media looks like so i think if you don't enjoy social media it's probably a lot to do with you now you bring up a point about uh the need for social media some jobs require you to have social media for example this show would not be in existence if it weren't for social media exactly um so we would need we need facebook we need instagram to share um and the internet usually for yeah. any sort of evidence we want for anything i mean I, like that's why i think you can't say that it's completely bad because it's used mm-hmm. for a lot of good things i think yeah i just I, I bring that up because you mentioned that you don't necessarily have to have it but again some some jobs require you to have it so sam what do you think about that with some jobs some positions requiring you to have social media how do you react to that definitely the um the show and me being a part of the show is one of the things i weigh when I decide, do I want to continue having social media? I know uh, I would like to get rid of it as soon as I could, um, but I enjoy you know posting and sharing on uh, on Facebook and Instagram about the rap report. Um, and uh, like the groups I'm involved with on campus require it to a certain degree. Uh, but I think once I'm not a part of those groups or this, uh, I would definitely, in the far future, Ouch. once we've accomplished everything we want to do. Uh, I don't, I feel like I'm on social media because I have to be, not that I desire to be. And, uh, mm-hmm. if the circumstances were different, uh, I would, I would much rather be off of it. Yeah. I think if you're, if you don't like social media, you're going to have to weigh your, you know, likes and dislikes. And if you really, really hate social media, then maybe you can't have a job that requires you to have social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that would be, uh, do you think having a large cyber footprint or, uh, a lot of social media or being on social media is something that employers now look for? I don't know. I think it depends on the job because um, I know a lot of people are like worried about their social media, especially people our age. Like I got Twitter when I was 13. I have no idea what I tweeted at 13. I so. posted some asinine <laughs> garbage. when I, So, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like um, <laughs> that I don't know if. Com- like employers look for that but i know people are definitely a little suspicious of people that have like no social media and no internet footprint at all i think i would be suspicious of meeting somebody who like doesn't have a phone <laughs> that's fair jordan uh i do think like it could be seen as sometimes problematic that uh when employers like that are looking at your social media however i think we didn't also specify what they're looking for necessarily for example almost everyone has some photos of them partying or drinking or something like that no employer is going to really look at that depending on the job at least like in most cases won't look at that and think that's damning evidence against hiring someone yeah. i think they're more so looking at types of whether tweets or posts or like that that express behavior that would make you unfit to work with some people for example if you are working with a very diverse office setting and you have shown a bunch of racist tweets that is a case where i think looking at your social media shows that you will not fit in this work environment but i don't think it's necessarily analyzed how most people assume social media is analyzed when looking at I a also, job application. Sorry, I just think that um, I think people are just going to have to be more aware of the fact that we're all going to have social media footprints. Like now, like again, we're all like in our early 20s. All of us have had social media. I don't know about you, Samuel, but like most people have had social media for at least a decade now. And it's just like in politics and stuff, like I think it's just going to have to be a fact. Like there are going to be pictures of people from when they were like 11 doing dumb shit because that's what 11 year olds do. And 
I think it's just we're all human and we're going to. And I think also like the time if you're if you were 13 and you tweeted a racist bad joke, like I would hope that people could, you know, realize that you're probably not who you were at 13 at like 35. Now, there's two things I want to touch. Uh, I want to talk about that you touched upon. One is politics and one is uh, damn, you just mentioned it. Uh Cancel culture, yeah, cancel culture. Um, so, Jordan, you mentioned that sometimes people ha- can uh, tweet racist things, sexist tw- uh, things, and they shouldn't be considered um, for a job, potentially. That goes back to cancel culture, because you look at Kevin Hart, and he, um, people uh, st- said, and, and there's proof of it, that he, that he tweeted some homophobic stuff. However, he apologized for it, and... I think, didn't he refuse same... to apologize? Sorry, yeah, he, refused, he, he, refused? He, he refused Yeah, I think to that's why he lost the Oscars, because okay. he yeah. said he wasn't going to. But, sorry, he just wanted yeah. to. But uh, that no, is fair a, enough, yeah. That's an isolated answer. I, uh, instead, I get what you're saying, the point, like, people who learn and go from mm-hmm. that. I do think people who learn, should be given second chances. One, it's expressed that this was a long time ago. It's not like exactly. you say something racist or homophobic yesterday, yeah. and then today you're like, I'm a completely different person. That's unrealistic. I look at uh, James Gunn as, I think, an excellent example of that, because I think the stuff that he said in the past, he's shown clearly that he is not that kind of person anymore, at least from my perspective. I don't know him personally, clearly. Um, and I think that's okay. But like when I'm using a workplace as an example, my more thing is if you are currently making these things, I think when it's in the past, it needs to be examined compared to how you are now. I think the age of the person also matters because I, I don't know if you guys have seen, like there's a video of Justin Bieber saying a racist joke where he like says the N-word a lot. I didn't um, see it. And he was like, I don't know how old he was, like 12 to 14. Like he was obviously young. He was pretty young when he got famous. So he was obviously young. And I think that that should be viewed differently than somebody, you know, telling or tweeting a racist joke at like 26. Like, I think we just need to contextualize everything. So mm-hmm. if a 12 year old said something stupid on Twitter, maybe you shouldn't judge them for that like a decade and a half later. But if a 30 year old is like currently tweeting racist things, I could understand not wanting to be around them. Exactly. And or also, employ them. And also uh, going back to the job landscape, I think one of the reasons that's such a, like a hot button issue right now is because social media has become so relevant in the past decade or so it's more of a newer thing with companies looking at social media it's especially a lot more with young people now because a lot of older people at the time are still don't have a lot of social media and i think over the next decade or two as social media continues to be prevalent in our society and now will become more adults have social media kids will grow up having social media become such a staple of society i honestly think in like 10 20 years looking at employers looking at your social media is not going to be a very like hot button issue to people. Yeah, well, the, I agree. the fact that employers do look at it now and the fact that social media has caused a lot of people to lose their jobs, does that seem like a problem or is that better for people because it shows the true side of people? Or again, is that too invasive? I think it has to be contextual. Like I think yeah. this is like all going off of like a vague thing that I read, but there was like a Facebook group that was kind of or pretty racist that a lot of cops were in, I think, and that was a big deal. And like I think that's a big deal. I think I would want to know if police officers were like in a group where like racist ideas are shared and supported. Um but I think it has to be again like contextualized. I think an employer that fired somebody because they tweeted the N-word at 11 is not like that's stupid obviously, but I think I think it all has to be contextualized. I think it's hard to, you know, don't don't be racist. That's that's the end of the day. That's what I think. If you're uh, if you're dumb enough uh, not to be able to hide your digital footprint to the average, you know, layman employer or whatever, uh, you kind of deserve it. I mean, it's, it's really true. it's really easy to 
And the employers are not usually like technologically savvy. No, it's it's some usually like you know, old people. Forty year old woman in the HR department that has a list of people to look through. It's like Googling. Karen. Yeah, Karen. You know, I'm gonna type this name in the Facebook. Oh my God, your drugs and your alcohol. I don't want. That. Yeah, like most people can hide their Facebook to people who aren't yeah. friends with them, yeah, and you don't see. And also, like people don't genuine like generally use Facebook anymore. Like socially, like people don't really post, like they're not going to post your party pics on Facebook. And then there's things like Finsta's where people have like other Instagrams and stuff. So I think, I think that's a good point. I think we're also pretty good at hiding our, you know, shameful social media stuff. Well, we're going to um, hold on to the politics side that I wanted to mention. But now, Sam, you brought up a point about drugs. And mm-hmm. we actually have a comment from uh, Daniel that said, uh, talk about how people use social media to buy drugs. Um, Jordan, <laughs> you're raising your hand. Hi, my name is Jordan Pines, and I've used social media to buy drugs. Let's talk about it. Um, basically, I do think it's whether, I mean, drugs are illegal. Obviously, you shouldn't use social media to buy drugs. I'm going to use. admit to a crime? I, I might be admitting to a crime. Hopefully, this won't be liable. I think it depends. The Rabbit which Report drug. is not liable for Jordan Pines' actions. <laughs> I think it depends which drug. I've only I bought okay. marijuana on social media. Um, but basically, with OCS, when it first <laughs> arrived, because I will talk about OCS, I will always say I hate OCS. Um, a lot of people were very angry, and a lot of Facebook groups got made for OCS alternatives. And. I believe that that was a way of almost bringing people together in a way in their own form of political protest. A f- effective one? No. Well, there's like apps and stuff where you can find dispensaries. I'm not. I don't. I don't know if I should say the name, but it's pretty obvious. Weed maps. Yes, look it weed up. Maps. It's free on the app store. <laughs> where you can like find. We don't endorse it, but we don't uh, not endorse it. I just. The Rabbit Report does not endorse <laughs> any. I just think. Drug. Well, legal dispensaries are on that one too. It's not just illegal mm-hmm. ones, but it's I think mix. that. Um, yeah. I, Social media also provides people platforms to do what they want to do. And I think, I mean, we don't have to get into the conversation about marijuana, but the government really did not do that well. And people obviously didn't like it. And that's why, like, if if the government priced their weed well and it was better or even comparable to the black market, people wouldn't use social media to buy weed, to buy drugs, to buy weed. Mm-hmm. And so. to use an example, say theoretically weed was legalized <laughs> in Canada in the 1980s before social media, stuff like that. And OCS had worked the exact same way in a bad manner. I don't think people would have found an alternative. They wouldn't have had. Oh, a, I think they would have. I let me. I don't think they would have found as quick an alternative. I think people. I think especially in the eighties. I think people who okay. were smoked probably had like a. That's guy. a bad time period <laughs> that I just chose randomly. Any recent time period before social media was sort of what I was trying to use. I think that he would just be like, "That sucks. All the dispensaries are closed. We can't do anything." Social media gave people a platform, and it doesn't have to be just for drugs. Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> is a great way for people to buy and sell different, whether it's homes, whether it's apartments, clothes, food, whatever. That is basically a social media store that has come up yeah. to replace... Or Kijiji, Craigslist. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of them. Drugs, just an example, but social <laughs> media can be used to buy or sell... A lot of things. Anything. Like, it's a good thing. It's your own store from your own home. It's basically Amazon.ca, but a little less formal. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> That's Amazon.ca, but less formal. That's an interesting thought to be left on. <laughs> I'm going to remember that, Jordan. That's what, uh, uh, well, <laughs> I'm just processing that. Um, Sam, mm-hmm. you've been awfully quiet. What's your take on uh, using social media to buy drugs? Um, I wouldn't want to buy drugs off social media or on it, so it's a bad idea probably. Do you think that, and this is a question to all of you, do you think that the ability to buy drugs over social media 
opens up the door for minors to purchase drugs and start mm, using yeah. earlier because it, you can use social media as a minor. You just put in a fake age. Yeah, but you can't buy, like, if we're going to talk about weed, which yeah. I think is what we're talking yeah. about, mm -hmm. you can't, like, you don't think it's talking about, like, math or anything. Um, <laughs> if Never you're seen math on Facebook. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to buy weed. You have, wait, you, hold on. You have? Who are you friends with? I've seen posts shared about, well, it wasn't someone selling it, but yeah. I've seen people share a public post about a woman yeah yes. oh, yeah. someone's Sorry. selling meth on facebook yeah. marketplace I <laughs> i'm sure honestly though uh maybe the dark I, web i think i think people are coy enough to use you know that's code true. words or whatever uh but then again those type of people that are using that level of, they're uh, going to find it yeah but the people that are using that type of um i guess security they wouldn't probably use facebook i'm sure there's websites and but to answer I think that's true. But to answer your question, um, no, to even like to purchase anything, you're going to have to show ID. So, I mean, you could probably have a fake, but that's the same thing as being able to walk into the LCBO and buy alcohol with a fake ID or get into a bar or club. But um, it wouldn't I wouldn't think it would be easier. Does it facilitate it? Maybe. I Without I, it, would it not exist? No. Um, I actually think that they make it very hard. Like, I think the black market, at least from my experience with it, has a lot of ethical standards with uh, how they at least sell weed online i whenever i bought it you have to show them your id immediately for obviously sure you're not a cop but also make sure they have your age uh to use an actual personal example and i'm going to say that this only hypothetically happened just so i'm not liable for anything but hypothetically i went to order weed online <laughs> and i want i wasn't gonna be home and i said can i you text my brother when he gets there and he can pick it up and they were like no 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 unless he shows us his id and we know that he is of age he cannot pick it up yeah. or we can't we can't be liable for selling for a 15 year old child something like that like i think they're responsible you and know what i mean that's an individual case that is an individual well, case if but the illegal dispensaries as well that exists like you usually you can't even like get into where the weed is without showing your id so i would say like obviously illegal dispensaries are and people who because they're those are delivery services that you're talking about mm -hmm. they already are operating illegally um marijuana is not illegal which i guess is why it's not as like you know, big of a deal. Yeah. yeah but they're not allowed to sell without a license. Um, I can't imagine that they would choose to sell to minors as well. Like that is illegal and that would be a pretty big deal. So uh, from my experience, the illegal dispensaries and illegal like weed dealers that you can find on the Internet are pretty stringent with making sure that you're of age. So you would say that social media doesn't really have an effect on minors getting things that aren't meant for minors necessarily i wouldn't say a huge effect i think that you know before social media kids were smoking weed and drinking and i mean now like juuling and stuff and i think that they would still do that um i think the bigger thing is like fake ids i think that's like facilitating a lot of young kids being able to purchase in front things. of the slc there's a novelty id they're novelty they're not fake ids they're i don't novelty. know that's so stupid it's that's why they're still there though because they say they're just like it's just like a fun ID for jokes. <laughs> There's like bands of 16 year olds. Show waiting. your friends. Show the person at the LCBS. Yeah, show store. the bouncer. <laughs> wow, look at this cool ID. It's a novelty. Anyway, I'm going. Bye. And they're usually from like the states, I think, too. Like they're not the from. IDs? Yeah, I don't think that's hmm. definitely not like Ontario driver's licenses. That's yeah, because people would know what those look like. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's harder to but fake from, those like, in Ontario being, even being in Ontario. When Moralia was just in. Um, in Ontario, she would use her Quebec provincial ID. They have something different there where it's like, um, well, you can have it here. You know, the, the pink or purple. The purple one. Yeah, that like doesn't do anything but prove your the age you Exactly. Are. They have an equivalent like that in uh, Quebec. And hers uh, would not get recognized or acknowledged in bars and wherever. Because people LCBO. are suspicious of out of province. It also looks, exactly. And it also looks very different than any kind of standardized 
Ontario uh, ID. So I think if they're determined to like smoke weed or drink or jewel, they're going to do it. Like there's not much you can do to stop them. Well, um, moving now to a different subject uh, that everybody gets exposed to on social media, politics. You mentioned uh, if you don't like certain politics, then maybe unfollow them. Ben Shapiro's. Yeah, I know you hate Ben Shapiro. Or Candace Owens. (laughs) Why are you mentioning only people that are... Have no redeeming qualities. <laughs> or Dave Rubin. Oh wow, you just hate everybody. The Young Turks too. No, I, mean, I like the Young Turks. Okay. <laughs> I well, have a political ideology. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the use of it for politics. President Donald Trump has used social media to his advantage in um, getting closer to his base, um, tweeting stuff that maybe he shouldn't have tweeted. Um, in terms of national security, not necessarily uh, uh, racism or, or sexism statements, uh, but how did that help him? And do you think do you think it helped him? I think it did help him because, like, there was a long time or like whatever Donald Trump tweeted that morning was like all anyone was talking about. But I think that that would have happened for any president who got into office in 2016. Like, I think that's just natural. The use of social media. I think Donald Trump is like. He's Donald Trump. Like, you know, I don't like his tweets. I think like he tweeted about bombing Iranian um, cultural sites, which is a war crime. So like he's not that he's not using it that smart intelligently. But I think that any president and there's a lot of politicians on Twitter and stuff now. Trump uh, is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you really talking. I was like, no, no, I'm getting my word in first. Uh, I actually don't agree with you on that necessarily. I know. Shocking. Me what and Amara don't agree on something. Um, I don't think it. I mean, I do agree with you on something that like tr- Twitter's. Like that stuff's gonna happen. Somebody hot button news. I don't think any president in 2016 would have had the same use of it that Donald Trump did. I actually think, while I don't like him, he was a pioneer in that sense. Yeah, but I don't know if it's fair media... to attribute that to him. I think it was just the time. I think you have okay. to, to be completely honest. I, I think if Hillary had been elected, Ugh. I, <laughs> I think if Hillary had been elected, we would have had pretty standard like tweets and stuff yeah, like that in the past of just like a few photo ops, a couple of news outlets that but are approved I think that by gets a team. Into, like political discussions because I think part of the reason Hillary didn't beat him is because she's such a politician and he so wasn't. And I think somebody like. Like the newer Democratic candidates who are competing now, I think they would have been a little bit more personable on social media. I think Hillary Clinton's loss kind of showed people that you're going to have to connect with people on social media nowadays in order to win politically. Just chilling in Cedar Rapids. (laughs) That's terrible. Trump, actually, uh, I will push back and say that any political candidate or president would have been uh, as prolific as he was. was. Uh, I remember, I think they've since been deleted, but when he first announced his presidency, I went to go look at his videos. Or his candidacy, do you mean? Like when he said yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, sorry. Uh, and he has videos, or he had videos on his YouTube channel, and I believe more so his <laughs> Facebook group. Channel. Yeah, I think it was, I think, no, it was his Facebook group, um, his official page. But he had videos from, I think, at least a decade ago that had a couple hundred, couple thousand views, and it was just him ranting about, like, his reaction to a, a certain news piece. Like, he was, um, he was very outspoken, I guess, uh, about... Obama, even in the beginning of his presidency, well, that was 2008, 2009. I know we're going to go, but I'm just saying that he he has always had this. Where am know, I going to go? Fi- the birther thing. No, Trump. Oh, okay. Um, I think he just always had this kind of understanding about the power of social media, and uh, I, I hope those videos are still online because some of them are hilarious. It's like 
And the comments are like from eight years ago. It's just in context. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's he's like, he's definitely used social media to his advantage. With, but he's always with used m- all media. But social media specific. No, you can't go anywhere without you know. Donald Trump is pretty much synonymous with Twitter at this point. I would d- disagree with that. I, I sadly would agree with that. It's you, a giant you would. I'm not happy about that. it, but I yeah. agree with it. I disagree with that like 250%. I was just going to say with the Donald Trump stuff, um, this is kind of off topic, but he did take out like a full page ad. I think it was in the New York Times calling for the death penalty for the Central Park Five when all that stuff was going on. So I feel like he's always used media to his advantage. He's definitely used, I mean, uh, obviously I'm not too too well informed on the history of his use of media, but at least during his time of Obama's presidency yeah. and his presidency, his use of Twitter has generally bolstered him uh, to the top because, you know, he it, it makes people feel that he's being direct to them. Whether he's telling the truth or not, it makes people feel like he's talking to them. I and that's that what people wanted. The, how personable it can be, especially um, with a, uh, I was like, you know, non-establishment you could attribute that to trump or bernie i guess mm. um oh. uh, trump is okay, the we'll embodiment get, uh, of the establishment uh, uh, okay that's why okay i don't even want to get to that but uh i guess any non-establishment uh figure or politician world leader um they they stand the benefit from using social media in the in the sense that they don't have to go through you know traditional media uh avenues to have their voices heard I think that's a good benefit. That's a benefit towards uh, the public's ability to discern what politicians actually mean, without the the, the contortion that um, traditional right. media would give. And I agree. And I think Hillary Clinton's like inability to successfully use social media, like I said, played a really big role because she just seemed so cold and distant and mm-hmm. so much like. And you know, big thing was Donald Trump's not a politician, which I don't know how that was an advertisement for him to get yeah. a job in politics, but. When people say politician, they have that idea of like a cold, detached person who just lies to get what they want. And I mm-hmm. think she kind of proved that by not being able to like take a like Twitter video that didn't seem like an alien did it. <laughs> I also think one of the big differences between getting like political information off of Twitter, Instagram, as com- or Facebook as compared to like actual news sources on TV, the difference is you don't just get the information, you also get the public reaction to it instantly. For someone who's not very informed and doesn't have strong political opinions, I would say they get less of their opinion from the actual tweet by the politician and more so by the comments and reactions by people and generally will go with what they think is the mass public opinion. If they don't really have a take on an issue and they see a lot of positive reactions, they might think it's a positive take. I think that's a very strong factor with social media as compared to any other news sources. I think any kind of news source um, communicates an opinion. I'm thinking specifically uh, Canadian uh, news outlets. I'm immediately thinking of the CBC. They are very explicit in the way they yes. provide you an opinion. I, I, differently, maybe, yeah. I think than it's a the different, comments yeah. on social media might. But I think th- to say that social media alone provides an opinion that other sources of news would not. I think that. I think it lets you see public opinion easier. Mm-hmm. I think when yep. someone tweets something and like you see the replies coming in instantly, it lets you know what people are actually saying. And I think and- there's a sorry. I think there's a difference between like people seeing the opinions of people in a newsroom who you you already assume have some sort of bias because that's their job. They're delivering a message in one way or another, as opposed to people online, which is a different sort of public reaction because that you look at as the true public. Now, Amara, um, you just mentioned 
seeing tweets and what people think right away. And that's where we're going to go to our last area of, of the discussion, which is the infamous uh, chair girl, Marcella Zoya, who threw a chair off a balcony onto the gardener, uh, as well as the coronavirus faker, James Potok, who faked coronavirus on a flight, a WestJet flight to Jamaica uh, for clout, for to promote himself, uh, clout, as the kids would say. Um, with that mentality and being able to see what people think right away, they used social media to try and get attention. Do you think that the environment we have about social media has fostered that desire that they knew that they would get attention for what they're doing? I don't think it's necessarily social media. I think people like attention and I think people have always liked attention and there's always been people like Madonna existed before social media and she did a lot of things for attention. I think people just want attention and social media is another way for them to get it. Um, and like, I think like people knew her as chair girl. I didn't know her name until mm -hmm. just now. Like I think uh, th they're more infamous than famous and maybe that's, you know, no publicity is and, Bad publicity, but and the thing is that's there's the, there's a the big distinction though because Madonna was a you know a best-selling female artist, whereas Chergold did something bad and she got attention for it. Without social media, she wouldn't have gotten that attention. Madonna, obviously, without social media, would still get attention. Yeah, so I'm I think just that's saying that the, I was saying that people want attention and people do outrageous things for attention, and they've been doing that since like the beginning of time. I'm sure. That's all I was saying. I'm not comparing Madonna to Cheer Girl. Right. Um, would you say, though, that because of social media, it's made it easier and more okay for people to do outrageous stuff to get that attention? Because it worked for Marcella. She got into a Drake music video. She's she everywhere cut. now. She got cut. And, that's and she's not everywhere. I, I had never heard of this person before we'd started talking about and her. And I did not know. Ago. I knew her as Cheer Girl. I didn't mm -hmm. know her name. And I know, like, I think. I think it backfires for a lot of people. I don't think she's going to have a good time like walking around. People don't like her. Or like um, a more local example, the guy who was pouring buckets of feces on people, like he's not, you know, because of social in, media. He was in jail. Was he wasn't. He? Well, I don't think I think he's out on bail, but he's like but, his face is everywhere and you're going to avoid him. Like, I don't know he, if he did it for attention. Well, we don't know. What other did. reason would he have done it for is the question. I <laughs> really don't know. There's not really. We, can't, we don't have the but, time or expertise. But, you have specific, but I'm, I'm talking specifically about people who who explicitly say they did it for attention, like James Potok, who faked the coronavirus on the flight. He didn't expect he the flight to turn around up. completely. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Attention does not necessarily equivalent to reward, in yeah. my opinion. These people are getting a lot of media attention. It's not a lot of positive media attention. Any article I read about these people is basically just like, look at what this idiot is doing now. I can't wait till I get their comeuppance. And yes, there are obviously other idiots on social media as well who will react positively. But just as many as those, there are people who will also message them, like, personally, being like, why are you doing this right here? Or even worse things. Or even worse, which I do not condone in any situation, just to make that clear. And with Chair Girl, especially, who is on trial right now, I don't think we have the results of that trial yet, unless I'm no. like, it's still going I, on. I don't know, but she was late to court, is what I know, exactly. on she's purpose. Doing, but on she's purpose? Gonna get, like, I think so, yeah. She's going to be she guilty, care. and she's going to, like, realize that this whole thing ends badly. And I don't, well, yeah, I don't think she's going to get what she wanted. I don't think she's going to be, like, an influence influencer now like i think she's just gonna but i think they take a page out of the book of people who did get clout from social media issues for example we all know this person cash me outside how about that girl on dr phil if it weren't for social media she's now doing concert tours she's now uh, endorsing brands getting paid for this for what for for well, now being she makes rude music. to dr phil so she was she got fame like she got because 
I mean, Doctor Phil yeah. is a TV show. I was gonna say, like, I don't think it's necessary. You go for. I don't think it's necessarily social media. That was a TV show. Yeah, well, but I, I do think like the but it clips went viral, of her on, went social viral on social media, and then she started. Majority she started. Of, sorry. No, on. I just say the majority of people don't watch Doctor Phil. I love Doctor Phil. He's great, but the majority of people don't. She started a YouTube channel, and then she started making music. So I think, like, I don't think it's impossible for shitty people to get clout on social media and maybe get what they want i just think that there is a limit and i think people like chair girl i think what she did is a lot worse than being rude to dr phil and i think things like that aren't necessarily rewarded or the coronavirus guy like i think those things aren't going to be necessarily rewarded in the way that they think they will be i looked up the the woman's name uh that you mentioned and she does look like a lady of the night which one the chair girl Ah, yeah Wow, uh, so, Marcella, Marcella so, Zoya. Yeah, I don't think yeah. she's. I think she just a woman of the night. I think she's a prostitute. Is what you were inferring. Uh, right? That's yeah. what that. That's what that means. Yeah. I think yeah. she's just an idiot. I don't. I think uh, that's uh, what the point I'm trying to make geez. is that I think that she was obviously a narcissist uh, beforehand, and narcissists will always exist in a healthy or unhealthy society. Uh, does social media, you know, allow narcissism small, to grow? Exactly, or that's that small m- minority to you know reach a larger larger audience probably uh, i think the only thing that can be done is the um the court system you know properly punishes his people and that their punishment is just as public as the the act that got them in trouble in the first place and people don't like her like no one has yeah. really any positive opinions of her they don't like she's an idiot yeah i think the i don't yeah i don't think anyone likes her but the corona virus faker that's just so stupid he should mm-hmm have to pay the fine whatever that is and then reimburse everyone else's ticket because that's just stupid well to end the show on a prospective note what do you guys think the future of social media is very quickly jordan uh i think it's gonna remain a large part of our life if not get even larger as time goes on i think most elements of life are adding digital elements in any ways whether it's what you eat you have weight watchers how you talk to people you have social media you have news sites everything has their own app everything has their own uh, social media platform these days i can't see it going and away anytime soon i think the responsibility falls on the user not the platform and to blame all social media for all problems on social media is ridiculous because people would send hate to each other in the mail if they couldn't <laughs> do it online. People say mean things to each other in real life. Just because there's an added layer of anonymity on the internet, I don't think that's going to that changes who people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we should pretend that like social media there's no drawbacks to it, but I think it's here to stay. And I think like we were pretty much raised with the internet and I know kids younger than us like we're not old but we're not young there's like people in high school now that don't really remember a time before the internet and i think it's just going to stay that way so i think we're going to have to like get used to it and adjust and adapt to what it can do to us and just you know i think people should really be uh aware of what their kids are doing on the internet i think a lot of parents are like i think this is going to change too as like we become parents like people are right. age, but like i know people are parents ages and older a lot of them just don't have any idea how to use the internet and your kid can't be on the internet and you like have no idea what's going on that's not safe so I think people need to educate yeah. themselves. Well, Sam, you actually said that uh, you're going to be very restrictive on internet and social media with your kids. Yes. Could tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I recognize that social media is here to stay, but I want no part of it. And I would not allow my children, as long as they're children, not to be involved in social media. And I wouldn't be using it around them anyway, because I know how harmful it is. And what would you say is the threshold? Like, at what age do you think you'd be able to let them on social media? When they're 18. When they're 18? Yeah. 
I don't think that that I think that because social media is such an integral part of our society that people should be able to navigate it. And I don't think that somebody who didn't use social media until they were 18 would have, I think they'd have uh, like a disadvantage compared to somebody who was, I think you should monitor it. And I don't think your kid should be like 11 and just on Twitter. But I think that uh, not knowing how to use social media or the internet is a handicap. I think it also uh, might be a, uh, a deterrent. I mean, a lot of people use social media and that's kind of part of bonding with people like over memes over (laughs) friends you're on social media yeah i am regrettably yeah well i mean you're obviously there for a reason jordan what's your take on uh if you do have kids for example are you going to limit their social media to what point um I don't think I'm an out kid. That's a whole other session for another day. Um, but I do think with, I work with a lot of kids these days because I work at summer camps. I teach so many little kids and they have a lot of experience with social media. Some like eight and nine year olds know more about it than I do. And that I think is a worrying thought. I do agree with what Amara said. I don't think restricting it completely is a healthy way in this modern age to deal with it. However, as a parent or an adult who has more life experience than a younger child, you need to realize that they are going to get exposed to a whole world of things, some good and some really not good. And I think as a parent, it's important to have open communication lines with your kid to let them know that we're going to give you some freedom on this because if we follow every website you watch, go to everything you see, you're not gonna, they're not going to trust their parents. You're going to hide more things from them. I think it's important for parents to have open conversations with their kids to say you're going to see some stuff on social media that may confuse you, may make you worried, you can always come to me to discuss it. And I think that's the most important thing is to have open, healthy communication. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that uh, as well. Social media is, it's, it's part of life. I mean, at this point, there's really no getting rid of it. Um, Amara, your take on if you had kids very quickly? Um, if I had children, mm-hmm. I would definitely monitor their internet use. And like, I don't think like a, an eight-year-old needs, you know, Twitter like what mm-hmm. are you tweeting at eight what I mean not not like anyone tweets anything like super valuable but still um I would monitor it and like I think like Jordan said I think just in general like if we're gonna talk about like parenting I think you should have an open dialogue with your kids about almost anything um and just be there and be aware of what they're doing so I wouldn't restrict my kids until they were like 18 but I would definitely like 10 year old doesn't really need Instagram yeah I, I, I I'm probably about the same I would be I would monitor it but there, there wouldn't be much restriction but That's where we end the show today. Uh, Thank you to everyone that tuned in and uh, messaged us live. A brand new episode of The Rabbin Report will be coming to you next week, same day, same time, same people. Have a great day, everyone.